0: Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we'll talk about whatever comes up, with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. I know. All right, all right. Well, I've started recording, since so okay. there's no reason not to. Okay, uh, well... Since we're all loosey-goosey with that, but... Uh, Thanks for letting us take a little break. I know in, in radio listener world, that really wasn't a break. But um, but thanks for, if, if you fast-forwarded through the commercials, I understand I do that. <laughs> if you didn't, uh, thanks for listening. And here we are. We're back. With, with Don Shelby. Him. Yep, this has been, uh, that was a really fun, oftentimes the first half can kind of lag a little bit. I feel like that was... Not always but well, well, we a learned a few things oh that's right, right. It's, yes. he, it's like he's trained in this or <laughs> he's something <done> this before <laughs> he's a, he has a few things he lives in the shadow of his uh storytelling older brother I can only imagine oh what God. that would what what he must have been like then mm-hmm. if because mm-hmm. I think you you've got a knack for it Don mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you got a little thing you do
0: where you can tell a good story so but we're back, we are what, are we, back. what are we doing what do we got? Uh, what's what's well, on the agenda okay, for this? second? Well, so
2: segment? during our break, you know, <laughs> we had a couple, of, we were discussing, I, I don't know where to start exactly besides the fact that, you know, I, I think as we were coming back here, we were talking about you being awarded two Peabody Awards, and I kind of, you know, what was that like for you? How did that, how did that feel?
3: I'm going to use a word that is not often associated with me. I was humbled uh, because it wasn't like winning a game in basketball uh, or being crowned a champion or being selected first team all-conference. It was uh, your peers looking at your work and saying this is worthy, that this is the best in the nation that was done that year. And then when uh, the person presenting me, the first one, said, the George Foster Peabody Award is the broadcast equivalent of the Pulitzer Prize. Mm-hmm. And I got a little weak-kneed
1: mm-hmm.
3: at that. And I think I spent uh, my acceptance speech uh, praising all of the people who had made the work possible. Because if, if WCCO hadn't given me the opportunities to take chances and uh, risk lawsuits, um, all the things that don't come naturally to businesses, Uh, I would not have had the the chance to even be considered for such work. Because it was really remarkable the I-Team only did four stories a year. Investigative reporting has largely disappeared or consolidated itself, but we were doing four stories a year, three reporters, the three highest paid reporters on the staff were doing only four stories a year rather than a story a day, which is what you're expected to churn out. And so it was inconceivable that these high paid reporters were only doing this, this uh, brief number of stories. But that gave us uh, a long time to work on the story, sometimes six months. You wouldn't think that, but uh, we did it like a baseball rotation. Uh, there was a person at bat, there was a person on deck, and there was a person on in the hole. We were a team because the person at bat meant they had the story next up on the calendar. And they had uh, all call on all resources. So... If they needed something done, the other two reporters would go out and do that work for them, travel around the country, get documents, shoot interviews, do whatever, uh, all for the person at bat. And uh, then if they didn't have anything to do that day, the person on deck had all call on even the person at bat, if they didn't have anything to do that day. So the person on deck could use the resources of the other two people, plus all of the photographers and producers and researchers. And if it ever happened that those two didn't have anything, then the person in the hole who didn't have a story for nine months because they had just finished one, because every time you finish, just like at bat, if you strike out or if you hit a home run, you go back into the dugout, you go to the end of the lineup. And so the person who just did a story
0: goes to the So there's only three in the lineup. That's right. There's only
3: three in that lineup. Yeah. So so I think uh, that was one of the... Things that I learned in this, I kind of, uh, I explained before we came on the air, I'll, I'll explain again. Uh, my life has been uh, uh, designed uh, not by me, but by people I admire, uh, which I call uh, this post-it note personality. So if I, I remember the very first time I put a post-it note on my head, uh, I was out to dinner with my mother and uh, a man came in with his wife and, uh, he pulled the chair out for her to sit down. I'd never seen anything like that in my life. And I I said, what'd he do? And she said, that's what a gentleman does.
4: And how old were you in the seven?
3: Probably 12. 12. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I went, I'm going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I wrote a little post-it note and stuck it on my head. And so I wanted to be like that. And, uh, in my life I have seen, uh, 5,000, 10,000 things that other people have done that I uh, wrote a post-it note and stuck it on me. So if you could see me like I see myself when I look in the mirror, you would just see a uh, outline of a human shape just covered with yellow post-it <laughs> notes because I'm, I'm made up of all the best things I have seen other people do.
0: So, Oh my, that, that opens up all sorts of stuff. Uh, but the the first thing it makes me think of is a, a good friend of mine who needed to make changes in her life and she would write on the mirror with lipstick something that she wanted changed and when she felt like she'd finally accomplished that that would come off and the new thing would go on and that's good. sort of the same good, yes. process as what you're talking yes, about is.
3: Yes, it is. Yeah. but in her case where whatever initiated that thought um, I could probably write with lipstick on the mirror but it would be based on what I had seen someone else do mm-hmm. that I would go, I need to be able to do that. Yeah, it so, wouldn't be something that, because uh, I don't want to say that I was a, in any way an enlightened person. Right. The, you seem to be describing an enlightened person who says, I need to change something in within. myself. Yes. Yeah. I uh, dead to that notion. I have never had a thought <laughs> that I need to improve myself. <laughs> Until I see Hmm. it demonstrated Mm -hmm. for me, Mm -hmm. and then I say
0: I I need to do that. Sure. So without insult, this is not. You can insult me. (laughs) No, I know, I know, I know, I I can. But but there's there's multiple ways to look at things that get said, right? And so this is not you know without insult. Do you feel like that is uh, part of a personality disorder, or do you feel like that's a normal thing and other people go through life with that kind of feeling because it sounds to me like uh like not that you were born without empathy or without understanding of things but that you've instead of that being something that welled up within you you've picked that you've picked these traits up and assimilated the traits but do you know do you know that the old don like do you know yourself inside of there do you know what's what is is actually you and what is it um I think
3: that you're onto something because when I uh do a self-examination and I remove all traits that I have picked up from other people uh I'm
0: a quite incomplete insensitive human being. Yeah, it sounds like sociopathy or whatever. Like it but not you say someone's a sociopath and or you automatically go to some you While know, well, you should be in prison or something, but the truth is, it's just one of the the personality traits on a spectrum of a whole bunch of different traits, and it's and not it's nec- probably
3: the most common of all disorders.
0: Yeah, it's not necessarily among good or bad. the
3: most successful people in the world. Correct. Mm-hmm. So Correct. you look at Jack Welch mm-hmm. at GE, uh, celebrated by everybody on Wall Street as this fabulous person. Who can fire 40,000 people and put them in hunger hmm. and their children on the street and smile? Yeah. So, so soci- sociopaths are among us. I don't know because I have an inherent uh, empathy. Yeah. Uh, because uh, when I see people, uh, I. Re- who are suffering i relate to that mm-hmm. suffering because i suffered not in any way shape or form in the degree that other people suffer sure. but uh by the time i was uh 14 i was an alcoholic yeah and uh at about that same point just prior to that point that i was describing in the last Segment with Ron Hamburg. Uh, I had gone to treatment at 32 years of age, and so I'm I'm coming up on 40 years of sobriety. Ah, good. But uh, I simply couldn't stand being me. Yeah. I simply couldn't stand being me, and the only way I could be me was to uh, deaden uh, every feeling I had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as I uh, go through recovery. Uh, what it did was, instead of deadening all of that pain, is feeling all of that pain.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to actually mm-hmm.
3: expose it. Yeah, and so um, so I credit uh, the 12 Steps in Recovery with teaching me a way of, of uh, living and to, uh, and to feel all of those things I was uh, trying to um, drink away. The, uh, the empathy for uh, the least of us, which uh, I saw in my midst. Uh, the injustice, uh, the immorality, um, the inexplicable uh, racism, uh, the inexplicable uh, conditions that gay people were facing. And, uh, and, then, and and then in 68 as an example, when I was probably at my lowest ebb, uh, I was feeling too much. Mm-hmm. I was like I was missing a layer of skin. Mm-hmm. Everything hurt me. And I was powerless to change it. And, and plus, I was a drunk. So um, even if I had a good idea, I couldn't accomplish it. And I didn't have a good idea. <laughs> right. Uh, but I looked at others with, with good ideas.
0: Uh, so I was in love with Dr. King. Well, and you, were already, you were already well into putting Post-it notes on by that point. Yeah. So you were, you were suffering, because, but you were able to see good traits and, and wish to a Because them. I didn't have them. Yeah. See,
3: the important thing to know is that everything that I saw wasn't just, oh, I'm going to be a better person. Mm. I was a horrible person. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna try and be a person. That's right. Just getting to that level was was uh, a major accomplishment.
0: Have your children uh, only mostly known you as uh, sober adults? Yes. Then, yeah. Yes. That's that's a real treat yeah. that you gave them that. Well, it it is. That's uh, you. That's something to be proud of. Well, I didn't actually give it to them. Um, <laughs> it was they, they it just, was taken it from kind of you. <laughs> no, I, I got drunk
3: on the air uh, one one night and uh, I was doing the weekend news. Ah, oh, man, Don. And uh, and and I mean shit faced. And I uh, but I, I I have to. There, there's a, a guy. Uh, somewhere in, out there, I hope he's uh, still alive and I hope he's listening to this podcast. If he is, please call me <laughs> because we got 1700 phone calls on our call sheet. Uh, tell please get that drunk off the air. <laughs> what year is this? Uh, 1980. Okay. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, March 24th, 1980. So, um. So they would get that drunk, get that drunk off the air. And and this was in the midst of the Iranian hostage crisis, right? So Ted Koppel made his career by, you know, day of 44 or whatever it was of the – so nightline was invented Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. that. Um, But I was doing whatever – I had a story to read about this thing, and and I stumbled through it. And the note on the uh, call sheet, I read every one of them, Uh, (laughs) said and it wasn't all. it was because it stood out it wasn't get that drunk off the air it was I appreciate Mr. Shelby reading about the Iranian hostage crisis in the Ayatollah's own tongue (laughs) (laughs) and I thought I want oh. to meet this person. Oh, that's I want to meet this this incredibly clever person. <laughs> that's awfully funny. I never met them. But, um, and so I So I you end were up, forced
0: to sober up after
3: that. Oh, see, and but but let me uh, tell you a little bit about alcoholism. So uh, Monday I called into the boss's office. And and uh, a law had just been passed that said That uh, alcoholism was a disease by the AMA. Therefore, it fell under insurance coverage Mm. the station carried for you, right? Because if you got drunk on the air three months prior to that, you could just be fired. Yeah, clearly now Mm. you have a disease. Yeah. You'd yep. just be fired. And there were just hundreds. There are right. hundreds of alcoholics yeah. out there who got fired. Well, and
2: that's the day of, you know, it was okay to have a few drinks. Oh,
3: listen, day. are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, it was with, the culture. With
2: a few cigarettes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now,
3: we always had cigarettes behind yeah. the desk. I mean, you had oh. Miles and I sitting together and you got, <laughs> you see the smoke curling up between us. <laughs> we had the ashtray around there. Right. So um, flying, smoking. So, <laughs> so I go in and he said, and he, and he didn't like this because he had fired several people and he didn't like this at all. He said, I have to uh, offer this to you. Um, uh, You, uh, we will pay for your treatment. Um, And if you successfully complete treatment and aftercare, then I have to hire you back at the same position, at the same salary. Uh, he didn't like what he was saying.
0: No, he was pained. And he,
3: was, and he, has, he had a vein in his forehead, <laughs> and it was popping. just popping. In his
0: and were you young rocking. and he old? Uh, was he considerably older than He you? wasn't
3: considerably older, but he okay. was probably But, uh, but he years he But he was not happy that you no. drank
2: on, on the air.
3: Oh, no, because he, he had preceded all of this conversation by the fact that I had humiliated the station and okay. done irreparable harm to journalism, whatever. Uh, and all of which I knew.
0: But he was most unhappy that he had to give you a break. Yes,
3: yeah. and so uh, he said, but if you refuse, the law states that I can dismiss you for cause, and I will see to it that you never work in this business as long as you live. Now, <laughs> any alcoholics recovering or otherwise, in the audience right now, will understand me, what I said, my response was, even though I was facing on this side, recovery, hope, a complete family, uh, and a future in the same position I was with the possibility of advancement. And on this side, uh, the dissolution of my family, of uh, Poverty, never working in the business in which I had built my entire career. Um, and I said, can I have a couple of days to think about it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I swear to
1: Christ. I could just see the vein just like, oh, he Jesus. He couldn't believe it.
3: He couldn't believe it. <laughs> uh, he said, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, you're going to have to tell me right now. Yeah, I did. So yeah. I said, okay, well, and, and unfortunately, one of the elements <laughs> of alcoholism is being a people pleaser. And, uh, and that drives you when you're trying to live up to other people's expectations. And so you're a people pleaser. And uh, you, you be anything anybody wants you to be. And, and so my next line was purely uh, alcohol speaking, but it uh, saved my life. And I said, well, if it's that important to you. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a nice way to put it. That is. Do you want to go have a drink and talk yeah. about it? I just <laughs> I, I thought he's so distressed here. Right. So like yeah, you're, you're gonna do me a favor. I'll do him a favor by going to treatment. Oh, yeah. Jesus. So, so, must, the sickness, must yeah. so the sickness just added. So the sickness <laughs> actually made it possible for
0: me to <laughs> continue on. Continue on in my career. And that was the end of it for you. Yeah. Treatment and done. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm let's see.
0: Oh, you got your uh your token. At,
3: uh, that says thirty nine years. That's oh, wow. awesome.
0: Congratulations.
3: Wow. Yeah. Congratulations, yes. yes. We're that close to my heart.
0: Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah, and, and the sober you can look back at the drunk you and say, Oh my god, you damn near blew that. Yeah. You damn near blew that. Reflection.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. That, I was very close to thinking, well, you know, I could sell shoes. Yeah. I could yeah. you No, know, I could do
2: Well, you could do a whole bunch of things, right? right? Kinda. <laughs> yeah. But but
0: Well That wouldn't have worked out so well for you. No, it wouldn't at no. all. No. I mean And and it's it's only uh it's only through sobriety that you can that we can actually sit and laugh about this if people are out there suffering through, you know, through alcoholism. It it is a disease and it is terrible. And it's, I've got many friends from my years at Filio that are dead because of their alcoholism and uh, lots of other lives ruined. So we're not trying to make light of it. But fortunately, in your case, uh, and I hope you can be a little bit of a well I you know whether you can inspire someone or not it, oh
3: oh it's oh, so hard. oh listen no let me give you <laughs> <God>. that story <laughs> uh, oh man the inspiration yeah, story yeah. that wow. I am mm-hmm. yeah okay. mm-hmm. so they have a thing every uh year in the twin cities called the roundup where 50,000 alcoholics assemble at the coliseum or someplace and it's a three-day big event and a lot of great speakers come in and a lot of workshops, and I was asked to speak at one of these. And I, this was uh, over at the uh, auditorium in Minneapolis, and I parked at the Hilton, and I took the escalator up to the second floor to walk uh, through the skyway. And at the bottom of the escalator, I was about midway up, and at the bottom of the escalator was like a 20-year-old. Mr. Shelby, Mr. Shelby, can you can you uh, hang on a minute? And I said, sure. And I, I kind of walked backwards on the escalator, and he caught up to me. And he said, may I talk to you? And I said, yes. And he said, are you going to the roundup? And I said, yeah, I'm speaking. And he said, great, I'm, I can't wait. Uh, I'll be there in the audience. And uh, he said, I have uh, three months today. And I said, oh, that's great. Congratulations. And he said, and I need to tell you this, the reason I stopped you, it's, it's all because of you.
1: Hmm.
3: And, of course, the uh, ego, uh, that's the last thing you want to tell an alcoholic, uh, something like that, that gives them false pride. But he quickly followed it up by saying, yeah, I've I, uh, been following your story. And uh, I was having uh, difficulty with my own life and drinking. And, uh, and I watched you on television, and I thought to myself, if an asshole like that can do it, I can do it. <laughs> 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 and, it and I just said, thank you, Jesus, yeah. for yeah. putting yeah. me back in I my place. I figured that was going
0: to take a turn. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. It, I, I wish... I wish I could be one of those people who says what you think in the moment like that, you know? That that would be pretty fun to be able to... A
1: little clever
0: quip. I I don't think I could ever say that. No, of course not. No. Way too (laughs) (laughs) many. I'd be like,
3: hi, Mr. (laughs) Selby. You're really helpful in my recovery. (laughs) Thank you very much for all you've done. Yeah. No. No, this was... (laughs) That's... I love Far the guy better. I just love the guy. I just put my arm around him and we walked away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, cuz that's cool. Yeah. That's that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, good for you. You're an inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of even as I said it sort of hesitate because I can think back on I had a, I had a good friend who was a bartender. I think he's still alive, thankfully. But I had a good friend who was a bartender with me at Filio and he was, amongst us, one of the hardest drinkers, and you just knew. And fast forward, you know, five, six, seven years, uh, I went to his house for some reason, and he was explaining something to me, and he was just hammered as he was doing it. And, and he, I knew he'd been hammered for the five years prior to me coming to visit him again, you know? And uh, so I can't be the guy who tells someone they're an asshole but my family's all medical so i could look him in the eye and say i'm just going to say goodbye to you now because this is probably the last time i'll see you alive you you, you have kept this up for so long you're going to end up dead and i'm probably not going to see you between now and the time you die and he was like what holy shit yeah. <laughs> like did you just say that to me and yeah. i'm like look man i'm not even doing it to be an asshole i just know it's true yeah. You have done this for too long, and you are not going to survive this because you will not stop doing it. And you know you should. Yeah, you did him a favor. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, you never know because because I, too many too many people in the throes of what is a disease, alcohol and drugs, they they can't stop no matter what you do.
3: No, and they and and,
0: and the denial element
3: um, is uh, is probably something that was at work. I don't know how he turned out. I, I wish him the absolute best but i can see uh, him uh, saying, saying oh, you're crazy
0: oh yeah 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 you think this is gonna kill me i'm above that yeah i'm fine no, i'm in control yeah
3: yeah i can control it
0: yeah yeah it's a you know it's a sad reality of ours as humans that we have this out there and i hope people find their way if
2: they can it has a way of having a grip on you god right it's hard to get rid of that once it grabs a hold, so.
0: I was driving up north with my son. I know this is Don's show, but you know, we could, whatever, but I was driving up north. I love talking too. Um, Do you? <laughs> yeah, it turns out. Oh, I didn't out. know that. I
1: was
0: driving up north with my son, and it was just he and I, and I love, we play this game where we we turn on the radio and we listen to the news for about 10 minutes, and then I spend the next three or four hours just on a, I mean, we go, we travel everywhere, but we'll we'll start talking about this. It starts with the news story. I say what do you think about this thing and then we start talking and 4 hours later I'm done with the you know trip to the moon and the constitution and everything else but we I turn on the radio just just to get that started and he looks forward to it but just to get it started and it was 30 seconds of the most horrific shit you could imagine it was about child molestation and rape it was about you know war and and big problems all over the world, just these terrible things in 30 seconds. And I looked over at him and I I shut it off, you know, and I I looked at him and I said, well, that was kind of dark, huh? And he said, oh, dad, the news is always rainbow and sunshine. Rainbows (laughs) and
1: sunshine.
3: (laughs) At 12 years old, he's very aware that
0: it's often (laughs) shitty.
3: (laughs)
2: Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel-safe products directly to your door in an airport security-safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com All right, all right, all right. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what isn't? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeling service. Residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with a purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consolation. God, God I just like, that, that one, all right, that one is definitely not going to be mine.
1: <laughs> that could be oh, my favorite. See-
0: Brought to you by the Andelin app. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love.
4: Andalyn, uh... now available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andolin.app for more information.
2: Want to go on a wilderness adventure with Sam? Or maybe know a group of kids who could benefit from a break from their electronics? Maybe you just need a break from the kids. Visit earthed.org for more information about how to get started.
4: Do you have an idea that you know deserves a digital solution? Finding a partner to help navigate the digital design and application building process can be daunting. Mobile Composer, in partnership with Kinetic Legacy, offers forward-thinking design built on a stable and adaptable compliance platform. Visit mcomposer.com or kineticlegacy.us to get started building the solutions of tomorrow enterprise or consumer together, mobile composer and kinetic legacy offer solutions that work in a language you can understand. Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant.
0: Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit jamesholmberg.com to find out more.
2: So this is we always we like to ask this, but Don, what are you doing for fun nowadays yeah what what what's something you're really enjoying? My grandchildren
3: mm. um and we get to travel with them uh, which is interesting because the parents trust us, which is very weird <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh of course, it's, they look forward to not having the kids. How many kids do you have? I have uh, three daughters and I have four grandchildren okay and um and they're the, the delight of my life. Uh, not just the grandchildren, but all, all three, the daughters, very accomplished women, uh, in their own rights. Um, uh, one, an author, one, a, uh, basically uh, she's a LFMT, but she has a, a clinic, uh, working on in child psychology with the family development center. And I have one who is a director of resiliency for the city of New York. Uh, so hmm. with the Marine Division, so uh, protecting against uh, sea level rise from uh, climate change. And um, uh, that that gives me the most uh, delight. Uh, travel associated with business is uh, fun for me. And uh, hanging out with my wife is kind of fun uh, because, you know, working six days a week, uh, 14 hours a day, we didn't get to see a lot of each other.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier even when you were talking. I was thinking about probably what you've had to give up maybe to, to get some of, to where you are, yeah. which is you know, obviously that, that huge amount of time that has taken to get
3: to these achievements. One of the things I did do, though, was when I was doing the 6 and 10, uh, and the girls were coming up, and they were all basketball players um, in traveling you know, they're 10 years, 11, 12, uh, is that uh, I could not, they would, for until further notice, they could not give me an assignment between the 6 and 10 o'clock news. So uh, after the 6 was over, I would go and coach traveling basketball uh, for their teams and then uh, in a suit and tie and makeup I didn't take yeah. my makeup off. So I mean the the girls playing on the girls basketball team were why yeah, are you your wearing is, makeup? It's right? <laughs> oh, fucking you're weird. D- that's right. So and then I'd I get
0: back and,
2: and so And the, and and now I'm envisioning this during winter too. Mm-hmm. Of course. Which, you know, winter here in Minnesota is brutal. So I'm oh, sure that there was rainbows
0: and sunshine. Too. Right.
2: <laughs>
1: so how do you uh, oh sorry, Jim. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Um
4: this reminds me of my father. We have—I have an older and a younger sister, so he had three girls. He would uh, coach basketball. How how does it feel to have three girls?
3: Well, I think that uh, Providence was uh, looking out for me because, um, you know, most most men would like to have a son. I think,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, I think that I had. Uh, Daughters, because they knew I'd fuck up a son.
0: Yeah, I thought that was where you were going with yeah. that. I, I bet you would. I would just. <laughs> yeah, up son. <laughs> I, bet, I bet. I bet you would have had so much weird pressure on that son in some way. Yeah, that you would have. You would have fucked it up. Yeah, yeah. And there was. Uh, so
3: what happened was because these were uh, strange people, uh, women uh, that came into my life. They were schooling me as much as I was schooling them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to them a lot and I, I became a feminist. They made me a feminist mm-hmm. Yeah. and now they, they, nothing they did made me a feminist, but I became so sensitive to stuff that I had never paid attention to. You're right? the
4: only man in the house. Yeah.
3: But I, I was thinking, why? why aren't they paid as much as men doing the same job? Right. That's bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and it remains bullshit to me today. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I will—I will, I will tell a legislator yeah. that that they vote uh, to not uh, equality of pay, I will uh, call bullshit on them. That's just wrong. So I saw it everywhere, and so I just became a feminist. And and uh, so, you know, maybe I didn't like abortion. Uh, maybe that was uh, no, no. That's your right. It's your body.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. These are the things that that. Uh they can open your I have two boys and a and a girl and uh I, you know I I couldn't even tell you the names of the boys like I, I forget who they are <laughs> and they know it because we're all just enamored with the three-year-old girl so yeah. they're they're the boys are 10 and 12. Andalyn is is three and everyone in the family is just so thrilled to be around this little ball of energy that is so vastly different from the boys. And I do, I adore my boys as well, but, uh, but yeah, they always get the short end of the stick because dad's in love with baby.
2: (laughs) Well, (laughs) when baby shows up, it is, she's kind of a crowd pleaser, you know? Yeah.
0: So yeah. Yeah. So I, I understand that, that you would like spending time with your wife and I understand that you would say that your granddaughters and, or your grandchildren are, but I really, was anyone else expecting him to say being on podcasts is kind of a, like what he does for fun these days? <laughs> no. I thought it was fun. How
3: yeah. did you yeah. and your wife meet? <laughs> when did you meet your wife? At Bulling Air Force Base. Uh, she was a civilian uh, staff secretary in the office of the newspaper. Yeah. Hmm. And we... Uh,
4: Were you we, smitten right away? Yes.
3: Oh. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's, so we... Uh, we fell in love, and forty four years later we're still in love and that's great fun <laughs> but she is uh she has not taking my retirement very well uh because too much
0: time with uh, she is <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: so typical, it's axiomatic that uh she has to remind me, I've been loading a dishwasher for oh, God. <laughs> thirty years. I don't need you to tell me how to load a dishwasher. Okay. It's like the number one thing that people, yeah that couples fight That's over. That's right. It is. That's it's, right. So, um, so she will say, for, for, "Don't you have something to do?"
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> right. Do yourself right. a favor. Don't put any dishes in the dishwasher. Just <laughs> you're gonna screw it up anyway.
1: Well, I think <laughs> it's
0: so on.
2: interesting. So before we started recording the podcast, we were talking, and you know, I'm thinking, you know, you know. So you meet your wife. You have this career that sort of evolves and before we started the recording but anyways you were talking about the time that you brought her you guys went and met Paul McCartney yes (laughs) you know and I just think like wow I mean that's just that's like the most mind-boggling thing you know like you know one day i mean did you just come up and did you call her and say hey by the way we're getting on a plane and we're gonna go see paul
3: mccartney i or, think so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yes i think most of our conversations for those years were done by phone yeah Yeah.
2: and did oh. she usually come with you on on certain things like oh, that oh
3: see i'm glad you asked that um have you ever seen a picture of my wife
2: i don't know i don't i, I don't maybe think so not. no one has oh yeah okay no one has okay
3: um that's because she doesn't want anyone to know that she is married to me. Yeah. Really? Okay. It's absolutely really? true. Yeah. Okay. And, and all for the right reasons. It's not because she's embarrassed by me or she doesn't want to be seen with me, but all the events that I speak at or all the events that I attend, the galas, the fundraisers, the uh, whatever I'm, I'm doing, mm-hmm. she never goes. And, and now people know not even to do a plus one. They just you know invite me because they know she's not coming she will never be seen with me in public because uh, it, in the early years, she was with me a lot. And she noticed that people treated her differently because she was my wife. Mm-hmm. And so she is just a, a, so, such a natural woman that uh, she uses her maiden name when she volunteers or uh, goes to work, you know, she'll there's no Don Shelby in the picture because right. she wants uh, the authentic treatment based on who she is, not right. on who she's married to. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why, and she's never, uh, you know, in fact, when I retired, uh, they said, Man, we'll go out and film Barbara, you know, with, you know, some pithy statement about uh, the career and whatever, and uh, she said no, but she wrote a letter,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and and the letter was read, <laughs> and it was unbelievable. <laughs> she said things I, am, I didn't know.
4: But, I am very impressed by this, yeah. because yeah. today's you know social media, people are always wanting to get out there and get yeah. you know grasp at any fame. But she has such that seems like this inner strength that yeah. she said. I we don't should know, have,
0: I don't have her, her on incognito. We don't even have to explain who she is. <laughs> so she's not, hand. Hand. <laughs> not once mention you. Not once once mentioned that part of her life in any way. But she could just Barbara. talk about
2: meeting Paul McCartney. Yeah. Know, totally. Oh, yeah. 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 And I so, kind of love
0: that would, that story would, was was exclusive for us off air. I really that was a <laughs> it was a fantastic story, and uh, you don't get to hear it. Sorry, <laughs> but
2: she accompanied you on other uh, things, probably right, like that. But just was
3: the only reason she agreed to that mm-hmm. was because it was Paul <laughs> McCartney. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And and it was also in Florida <laughs> where nobody knew me. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. So and I uh, nobody knew me from Adam in the McCartney camp. Right. So it was total anonymity. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not just for her, but for me. For you too, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. So she agreed to that. But no, she hasn't accompanied me on anything. Besides
2: him, I mean, who, who really sticks in your mind as someone that you've been able to
3: meet? Oh, I've, you know, I've met presidents. Top three. I've met... Uh, <laughs> Let's go with that. I met King, King Hussein of Jordan. I interviewed him um, years and years and years ago. Uh, Clinton, uh, Obama. Um, I'll tell you an Obama story. So I was doing the radio show for CCO. And it was the day before the election, 2012. So, um, I said, uh, right, eight, 2008. Anyway, first, uh, first go around. the first go round. Yeah, day before the election, and uh, some people know and should know or should ought to know. I'm from Indiana, uh, even though I was given the, the uh, Great Minnesotan Award.
0: <laughs> was, uh, you know, can we take the, that one back? No. I,
3: you know. <laughs> Which part of Indiana? Muncie. Muncie, Muncie okay. Indiana. Okay. Uh, the basketball capital of the universe. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The famous basketball capital of the universe. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing. So, um, I was. Um, how we got on Muncie? I don't know. how We got what oh, were we were talking uh, about. Obama. Obama. Obama okay. Mm-hmm. Obama. So uh, anyway, I'm from Indiana and a basketball player. And I wrote a book on basketball, uh, so um, we had the normal kind of conversation. And he's doing the he's going making the rounds, of course, the last minute rounds of radio stations. I said, Senator Obama, it's nice to have you with us. Um, blah blah blah. Uh, any any states that uh, you think given you any uh, troubles sleeping? And he said, Indiana. And I said, well, why? And he said, because they haven't voted for a Democratic presidential candidate in 60 years. Right. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, don't worry. You're going to win Indiana. (laughs) And he said, well, thank you very much. How do you know? (laughs) And I said, this is what I know. That a left-handed three-point jump shot trumps race and politics. Hmm. And he just burst out (laughs) (laughs) laughing. So, um, the next night he won Indiana by Hmm. six points, (laughs) and I got a note at the station. You were right.
0: Oh Oh my god,
3: that's cool,
0: Barack. That is I love notes. That is awesome. I know notes. notes. I like. That's just a a, like a dying or lost art almost. It's got to be brought back. Yeah, Yeah. like letterhead, really
4: nice stationery. Yeah, Mm -hmm. notes.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right i I have a question, sure, and it goes back to something we were talking about a long time back on the show but uh and again, I'm just curious how this works out, but we had uh Jill yo from the m i a n and,
2: and the
0: yep, and she had uh curated this Native American collection of art it was it's gorgeous, and now it's traveling around the country, but you mentioned that you have artifacts from India in your home. And I know when I, or not India, but uh, Egyptian, Egyptian artifacts. And and, and a lot of
3: uh, native American stuff too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and it's something that like, you can't have your eyes open to something until they're open. I, I would have never thought a thing about this when I was younger, but after talking to Jill, uh, I, it dawned on me that sometimes it's appropriate to give these artifacts back to the peoples from which they came. And I wonder if you think about that at all in your, in your home, I mean, I know living around it and seeing these things—it's so fascinating, and it opens up. I mean, I think they're empathy-building in a lot of ways because you you have these artifacts from a time and, and a place that aren't your own, and you live with them. And we care a lot about the story behind objects, but then going through that muse- that museum exhibit, yeah, it sort of. There's a part of it where, oh, actually, I think we should give them back to the people that came from. Do, do you think about that ever? Yeah. Repatriation. Yeah. yeah. Um,
3: so I have two stories. One, um, one of the things that came down to me uh, when my father passed away <clears throat> was a human skull. Hmm. Um and well, that's heavy. It had been dug yeah. out of a mound somewhere in the Midwest. Uh, that's all all it said because he didn't dig it out. He yeah. bought it from another collector, but it came from an Indian mound. Yep. Uh, so I uh, saw this and said, uh, "I no, this I can't have this."
0: Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, this yeah. has to
3: go back in the grave. And so uh, I called. Uh, Ball State University in Indiana, and uh, said, I want to repatriate this. And so I put it in a box and set it down, and they couldn't identify uh, where it had come from because somebody may have labeled it uh, that it came from uh, Indiana or Illinois, but it might have come from Missouri or it might have come from Texas, Mm -hmm. just the way collectors were. Yeah, the, and, and it was like garage sales or, or estate sales. You know, they would go, uh, one of a kind. You know, yeah, what's bullshit, the incentive you know? to be truthful in this yeah, case? Yeah, there's it, no, no truth. If they thought somebody wants to collect Indiana stuff, they'd go, this is authentic from Indiana. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. So there was no way they could do it. Um, uh, but I uh, told them, so they uh, found uh, uh, a shaman there who would repatriate it. Um, as an unknown, basically. Mm -hmm. But it would be... uh, So anyway, I did that. Second thing, uh, I covered the war in Iraq, and I uh, was uh, embedded with the um, Red Bulls Infantry Division. Uh, And I ended up going to Al-Nazaria, which was kind of an outpost where a lot of Iranian... uh, rockets were being lobbed and and uh, killing people but also there is the ziggurat <clears throat> that is next to the home of Abraham yes that Abraham
1: mm-hmm.
3: and his house is still there because <laughs> it's just in the desert hmm it's just in the desert so this oh. this mud brick is just there his house mm-hmm and so we were going through, and I was going through with a museum official. You remember, the museum was looted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. after Baghdad fell. So uh, I was looking at uh, some tablature that was stuck into the mortar, and I recognized this writing as cuneiform, and Sumerian cuneiform, because my father passed down to me Four of these clay tablets that were cuneiformed, uh, that came from Samaria, which was where Abraham and Nazarene, where the ziggurat is. So I said to the guy, I have some of these. Mm -hmm. And knowing that the museum had been looted of all of its precious stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, I said, "I I want you to have them to put in the museum. Um. And so I put them in a, a, a box, and then I get a call from our State Department. Uh, this gesture that you propose, uh, the Embassy of Iraq wants to feet you on this date, in this can you be in Washington? So I carry in my box of cuneiform. Tablets from, Samaria, and uh, I go to. It wasn't. Didn't have the uh, establishment of a a, the embassy, but it was the headquarters of of the Iraqi government. And I go into the ballroom, and there are television cameras from every country in the Hmm. planet, and uh, and and they filmed the presentation as I was turning over these things, and. Uh, every Iraqi in the joint was just bawling.
0: Yeah, see, that's the power
2: of it, isn't it? Gosh, and this is from your father. Uh, what do you think your father would think?
3: He would have a, uh, He would have adored that move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, holy smokes! Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think that's yeah. that's like the power of going through that exhibit at at the, at the MIA. It just. You just don't think of something until someone tells you that like, oh, yeah, that's right. These are these are someone else's treasures. Yeah. You know, sure. They're precious to me, but not in the same way they are to the person for whom they're actually a treasure. No. so Man, that's awesome.
4: That is amazing.
0: All right. Well, we can either we can continue to talk. I'm fine with that, but we've got uh, 50 minutes into our second, <laughs> our second half hour of the show.
4: So I think that means Don's going to have to come back. Yeah, I think maybe I think we there's... do like a book club or something.
0: <laughs> well, we'll we'll invite you to. Uh, we've got a couple of events coming up where we're going to have kind of invite to. Special things, the company I founded and stuff. Like yep. we, it'd be fun to have you as a panelist. And that's the name of it. Company, company I founded. The company I founded. I founded. Yes, <laughs> yeah. so that's capital letters. And, <laughs> <I like laughs> yeah. and, and we can't take credit for it. It's uh, it another not. very clever person. I thought. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> it is.
4: He even bought the domain, I think, back in the day, and has been saving it up until the right opportunity. Yeah,
3: I'm going to have. I'm. I'm trying to save. Don't please don't. If you're listening to this, uh, scoot in and and take this name. But I was thinking about opening a consultancy, an LLC, uh, just called the Last Angry Man.
4: (laughs) (laughs) My dad's gonna steal that. (laughs) Shit! I know enough old men. I'm gonna say, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's that's
2: very good. That is very
3: uh, perfect. That's funny. I would go into news departments who were um, having ratings problems. And I would say, try news. <laughs> try doing the news. Instead of trying to be popular. Yeah. Right. Just do the news. <laughs> and say oh. it with like gritting my teeth and
0: Yeah, like an angry old the man. Angry man. <laughs> the
3: last angry man is here.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Just walk fantastic. in just
3: walk into like white supremacist organizations. Yeah who are looking for a better profile <laughs> That's a consultant to hire me <laughs>
0: stop the
3: fucking shit now
0: yeah stop yeah. being an asshole yeah. that would help yeah <laughs> you want you want to be more popular i have a shirt that says the shit has got to cease <laughs> <laughs> you know what and i and i said this to my my father who can you know clearly can take a joke um as as your generation exits, why don't you fix some of this shit? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Go ahead. Just, I'm trying. No one's... You got nothing to lose anymore. I'm trying. Like, I'm
3: trying. I'm let's trying. just do it. I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, that's why I'm spending all my time on, on climate change. I'm, I'm in like five organizations. I traveled to Oslo for the Nobel Peace Prize Conference on solutions to climate change. I'm headed at the end of the month to New York with Bloomberg and, uh, and the UN, uh, for the climate summit, uh, just doing whatever I can.
0: I may be, again, a little naive about this, but having grown up in the country, um, I think the solution to, not the solution to climate change in general, that's a whole different thing, but the solution to to keeping it from being a denier or completely agreeer, you know, like it, to... Dividing ground. people into these two camps. I'm interested in hearing this. I just think it's, I think that there is a, it's the same with politics. There's semantics problems. Like you just, or maybe not semantics, maybe just the use of words, period. Is that semantics? Yeah. But you, like, present this in a in a non-combative format in, in language that yeah. can be understood because I don't think that actually the divide exists to the extent we think it exists.
3: Used to. now uh, accept. But if you had 100% acceptance that the science was right, that the climate is changing, there would still be
0: a 50-50 split on the causes, Uh, whether it's human-caused or it's a natural cycle. Causes and and solutions. Um, And I think, you know, it's sort of like uh, maybe mediation 101 or something that I, you know, there's just – I find – my father is an angry man as well, an angry old man, and uh, but he's a very thoughtful guy, and he knows his shit. So he will sort of talk to someone who doesn't necessarily agree, and he, it feels like you're being berated, perhaps, when uh, I tend to take this much more soft tact of kind of like, well, you know, I, I hear you. you. You could be right that the planet's only 8,000 years old and God buried dinosaurs, but I'm not entirely sure that's true, and here's here's kind of why I think that might not be or true, and stuff them like in the that. Right direction you
4: know, with uh, you know, you're talking about your daughter coming about Saddam Hussein, right, and saying, "Actually, here's some information. Why don't you read it and come back yeah. to me?" That's another powerful thing. To that is
0: put the power the them power to learn about these mm-hmm. things in the hands. I just I think we need to. There needs to be. It's not climate. For dummies or any of that, but there just needs to be more thought put into, I think about this actually from gun control standpoint, because that's one thing I'm really, I just feel like we have not engaged the, the hunters of America to just be reasonable about this and say, we're a group of in the middle. We're not extreme on the one end with the guns, but we're certainly not giving them up because we hunt. Why can't we coalesce as a large the probably the largest group of gun owners and just say, no, we, you know what I don't actually need semi-automatic weapons especially. so the
3: alternative to the NRA
0: yeah, 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 just mm-hmm. we don't we don't need these types of guns to be able to accomplish what we need to accomplish when we go hunting, and we should be ethical and thoughtful about these things and sort of coalesce a group around a different set of Words,
2: really. So, Don, when, when you're going to some of these conferences, are you, will you be speaking?
3: At some of them, yeah. Okay, Okay. yeah. But I go to uh, learn what is. I, I want to give you an example of uh, something that people don't uh, think about. Uh, when I was in Oslo, I learned uh, uh, something that allowed me to breathe for the first time in a long time, uh, since I first became aware of the threat to the planet. And in one of these meetings that I attended, uh, the OECD, the head of OECD, uh, the head of the IMF, the head of the World Bank, uh, the heads of the uh, top mutual fund uh, operations, the head of the largest pension funds, were in the room. Like $39.7 trillion was represented in that room. And they basically said, I'm going to paraphrase, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't <laughs> worry about the science. Don't worry about the deniers. Don't worry about it. Because our risk management analysis of the fossil fuel industry is telling us that the stranded asset nature of these institutions and these businesses are a bad investment. Hmm. So we're if they want to divest. build another pipeline, they have to go to somebody else to get the money because we're not going to give it to them. Mm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And they're going
3: to they're going to dry up on the vine. Mm. And so it's going to be business. Yep. I think that's true. Yep. That makes the money decision talks. because their only obligation is to their investors. Yeah. That is under the law. Their only obligation is to their investors, and if they invest in something that falls flat
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: where they knew it was going to fall flat, then go to jail. Yep. Mm. So they're saying, no, we're not going to put our money in something that is not going to be part of the future growth.
4: So the market is going to take the, the lead. The market is going money. to solve money. the problem.
0: Yep. It's Interesting. you believe that? Well, it's, it's got to be a part of it. Government's got to be a part of things when it comes to regulation and, and sort of steering the ship in a certain direction. Business has to do business. And, and so, I mean, it's the same reason electric cars are going to come. You know, it's the same reason why solar panels are going to come. We're gonna we're gonna solve some of these problems sh- through sheer business necessity.
3: I, I had a speech <clears throat> to a business group which was populated by probably ninety percent uh, politically conservative people, and I told them my background that I came from a Republican household, and that everything that I learned about it, uh, efficiencies and uh, and conserving came mm-hmm. from. That notion that I grew up with, that uh, I had a a father who would say, turn off the light.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. I have to pay. You're not paying the bills. I'm paying the bills. Turn Mm -hmm. off the light. You're not in that room. Turn off the light. Um, He didn't waste anything. In his garage, um, there were five shelves of one-by-sixes that ran across the back of 22 feet, uh, with mayonnaise jars mm-hmm. with I know exactly every, what you're every talking about. Bent nail, every hinge pin, yeah. every The lid
0: screwed to the bottom yes, of it. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. So you just and and one day <laughs> I was trying to fix a clock. I had a uh, I came to Dad, and I said, I, I have to go down to the hardware store, and I have to get the partner to this screw because it went down to the register, and, and it fell down. I can't get it out. so I got to go down there. And he said, well, I'm sure I got one of those, and he, and he took one of those mayonnaise jars and threw it out on the concrete of the of the uh, garage and said, it's in there somewhere.
1: <laughs> and, and so,
3: so an hour and a half, I'm going through each one, trying to find, and by God, there was one was perfectly matched. I mean, he didn't waste anything. So that's what energy efficiency is, is uh, replicating what is called uh, biomimicry. In, in the natural world, there is absolutely no waste. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever is wasted in nature. Right. So build a system based on that natural environment. So you, we first, a stop wasting.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Single-use plastic. Mm-hmm. Start there. Just don't buy anything uh, where you have to throw away. Yeah. That only comes as packaging around, you know, some kind of GI Joe doll. Don't buy it. Yeah. Don't buy it. Or and, and tell the people, I'm not buying your product till you find another kind of packaging. Um, when I go shopping and I, I, I uh, at the Cub and I want to get some produce, I bring uh, net bags mm-hmm. right, and just put them in the net bags. Mm-hmm. And they don't weigh anything, and you can just put them on the thing and weigh them. And then I, I take them home, wash them, and bring them back, and do the same thing yeah. instead of pulling off that plastic mm-hmm. because that plastic is going to end up in the ocean and, and kill turtles, and I'm not uh, there. Not a big fan of that. No. So um, so all these conservative people are sitting there, and I said, now, I said, how did you lose um, – How did you lose the mileage argument? Uh, How did that ever happen to you Uh, that you supported people who uh, wanted to increase uh, the or decrease the miles per gallon, or keep them the same way, while the others, the other side of the uh, of the aisle, wanted to increase the amount of miles you could travel on a gallon of gasoline? And Mm -hmm. Sort of force efficiency. Yeah. So why are you against that? Because isn't that conserving? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Gasoline?
3: And isn't that part of your name?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It used to
3: be. You're conserving the amount of gasoline you're using. And if you just keep track, the amount of money you would uh, save, you could build a swimming pool or send your kid to Harvard. I don't care what you do with your money, but nobody should waste money.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Don't waste that. And if there's a way to get a more efficient light bulb that uh lasts uh four times longer and uses ninety percent less energy, why don't you do that because it's smart money? Why don't you embrace it? Yes. That's and, conservative. Did
4: they did they have a response to yes. anyone? Yeah, I'm curious.
3: The, the people who stayed.
1: <laughs> <came> <laughs>
3: what up to me what year and is said, this? May I ask? Well, Five years ago. Okay, all right. Uh, said to me the uh, the thing that I most want to hear as a journalist. I never thought of it that way.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's all
3: I've ever tried to do was give people information mm-hmm. where they go, I never thought of it that way. On mm-hmm. the, in that
0: same vein, uh, the conservatives in North Dakota came together and kind of came up with this whole new plan with what to do with with young unwed mothers. And they figured out business, the best business they could do for that, the best solution was to provide them enough support to get past a certain point so they could be a productive member of society. Like, that's conservative. Hello. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, now you've got all of these problems that cost you more in the end. So the cost mm-hmm. to to provide the service was less than the cost to not provide service Mm -hmm. over Mm a span of time. What about the investment
3: in uh, children's mental health? Yeah. Mm. 78% of the prison population in America today had diagnosable mental uh, conditions when they were children that went untreated. Uh, And you can't get insurance companies and you can't get uh, governments and legislatures to see that connection, Mm -hmm. that if we can intervene early, and, and help heal the mm-hmm. the pain and the hurt and the anxiety. Then you're not gonna have behavioral disorders in high school uh that's going to be disruptive. You're not going to put people in prison because they don't fit anymore. You're going to you're gonna treat the the problem at its source instead of try to deal with it downstream when it's grown so large you can't handle it. Yep.
0: Yeah, I feel like uh I feel like the last time, God, we're really getting into this, but uh, I feel like the last time America made a great investment in in its future and in improving itself was all through the 50s. I, I don't know if that's that's just what I've heard or if that's entirely accurate, but that's just the way I feel about it. And we've been coasting in a lot of ways ever since. And we are coming to the point where it's time for a great awakening to make a, a, another massive investment in Ourselves as a society, and our world, and our you know our country, our kids, our future, all of it. It's I would move hit. that up to the to the uh,
3: the sixties, uh, late sixties, early seventies. Yeah, with the uh, with the, the advent of NASA and the uh,
1: embracing uh, of m- science, Mercury,
3: um, Gemini, and uh, and Apollo,
0: yeah. and going to the moon, mm-hmm. and uh, Those all are problems the problems. Efforts. Those were things that started in the 50s and 60s, though. They took that long to get right, to that point. Right, but it was,
3: it was it, in
0: 60 in, uh, when Kennedy said, aspirationally,
3: um, and, and you talked about semantics. Uh, I, I adore the semantics of what I'm about to tell you. He said at his inaugural, we will put a man on the moon in 10 years and return him safely to Earth he didn't say, I have a plan that one day we hope <laughs> yeah. He didn't hey, say it. Can we open we a study? He, we <laughs> will, he yes. said. Yeah. We will. And we did. Yeah. We it's will. Super now, powerful. Now, he could have said all kinds of different things because the truth of the matter is, to quote Joe Biden, the fact of the matter is that
1: <laughs> full circle Here you asked go. the wrong question <laughs> <laughs>
2: this happened before the podcast
3: <laughs> so the uh, Soviet Union already had Sputnik in the air they'd already put a dog in space in orbit we were desperately behind we were getting our ass kicked by the Soviet ah, Union no one, in no one space. can stand that so he could have said, "We have to put a man on the moon, ah, right? Or we're going to get our ass kicked in yeah. space by the Soviet Union." He could have said that, but it wasn't. That, he didn't even bother talking about mm-hmm. that. He just said, "We will. This is what we're going to do." Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the government set about doing it and did it, and did it in in nine years, not ten.
0: Yeah, I've tried to adopt that more and more in my in the writing that I do and just in the way in, in speaking where mm-hmm. I, instead of saying, cause I'm ultra Minnesotan, well, I wish I could, or, you know, it's I think like I might I do that. I'd say I will do this uh-huh. and I, and I have to, I have to imprint it in my brain when I say it, like you're saying this for a reason, Sam, you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. It's right. going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, ah, well, this has been,
4: well, we learned a few massively today. fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we always give our guests, uh, an tea. Opportunity, yeah, oh, tea. some tea, yes, uh, in a hard time, but we uh, we give them an opportunity to plug anything if they want to at the end. Uh, I don't know if you're in that position right now to you know, if there's anything you want to get out there that, um, you know, book you've released or whatever you've got. I don't know, but nah, yeah, good. I kind of felt like that. No, it's good. It's good. This was too good of a conversation, um, and I don't think we need it, so we don't. I think that's fantastic, and uh, I think we have a lot more to talk about at some point. Don, good, good, luck. Luck. Yes. You in good again. luck
2: with the conferences that you're Thank going you. to yes. be attending.
4: Thank
3: you very much.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah,
4: Keep up the good work.
2: Thank you. We'll do it. You Thank you, you too. for your contribution. Yes. Yeah. To all of mm-hmm. us. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. My <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> all right. Thank My you pleasure. very much. <laughs>
0: Bye. Thanks. Bye.